Do you actually have to be on cocaine to be on this podcast? It's a great day to be a Wildcat! Oh man. Such a fun, such a fun theme song. What's up, everybody? Uh, today is Friday, August 25th, and today we're publishing a new little mini show uh, to get your day going with the latest updates from K State this week and anything random that might be on uh, one of our minds. Uh, Welcome to a quick hit of Cocaine Willie, and uh, this is Fireball Matt. Joining me today is the good chef in his car, hopefully being very safe while he's driving. What's up, chef? How are you? What's going on, Matt? You know what? I'm, I'm gravy. I just got off of work. I got some stuff on my mind that I want to talk to you about. You know, we're going to take this quick bump, baby. Love it. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for these types of shows. Just gives us an opportunity to... Uh, Maybe talk to each other. Maybe it'll be solo. We'll see. Um, we'll have uh, our friend Bob Trolls be on at some point as well. Um, but a few updates going on um, on this Friday. Uh, wanted to talk to Chef about um, some of the updates from an injury perspective with the K-State football team. Who might be ready for Southeast Missouri State? Who might not be? Um, we're going to talk through some of the K-State football captain's announcements. Uh, they made that, that on Monday. Um, and then we'll also talk about some realignment news as uh, kind of come to fruition here the past 24, 48 hours regarding the Atlantic Coast Conference and uh, maybe having some Pacific Coast teams join in that. But um, let's start off with uh, the K-State injury report. Um, we know that there's three main players that are right now um, being talked about pretty heavily, Uso Sayamalu. Daniel Green and Christian Duffy. Um, we know that Christian Duffy, he got hurt in the offseason, still recovering. Um, Uso Samalu and Daniel Green getting a little bit banged up here in fall camp. Um, Coach Kleiman has said recently all three will potentially miss at least a game, but has left the door um, and trending upwards towards potentially seeing Uso and Daniel Green next Saturday when we play Southeast Missouri State, uh, maybe for a few snaps, um, who knows how much or if they will get in at all. Um, Stan Weber did give some insight into Christian Duffy. He thinks that he might be back by the Missouri game, which would be, would be huge um, uh, for that game in Columbia. Um, Chef, should we be concerned if we don't see any of these guys play next Saturday? Honestly, I wouldn't be too concerned about you know, the the absence of all three, I think if we really wanted to extend, you know, their recovery time by a week, because, you know, how Kleiman set it up, it, it sounded like all of them are minor injuries. <laughs> oh, no, we lost the chef. Well, while he's kind of getting back into it, uh, I I don't know. I'm not necessarily super concerned. I keep staring at this possible week. I'm kidding. You're kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay. Uh, God damn it. This is just this one spot. Okay. We can work <laughs> this out. We'll okay. edit this out. Okay. Yeah, we but, can edit you know, it out. Uso and Daniel Green – 
their their injuries being so minor to the point where it, it's just one week of full recovery. God damn it. Or uh, uh, Uso. Uso has been the, you know, the questionable one on whether he really could make it back. It sounds like Daniel Deuce Green is probably the closest thing we got to coming, uh, probably being a sure bet that he'll play week one. But I, I for me, I want to see our whole team out there. So if, if they're ready to go week one, just throw them out there. Even if it's in limited time, just get them that game rep speed and, and get them some action. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, uh, even a limited number of snaps, five, 10 snaps, um, I think is hugely beneficial, especially for Uso, a guy who's going to get thrown into the wolves a little bit as the week one expected starter. Um, I would also um, be remiss in saying, we really need to find um, some depth in that defensive tackle position. I know we spoke about that in our defensive uh, preview uh, that posted uh, a little bit ago, but Jevin Banks, Damian Elalio are going to be names that they need to get some snaps. And so if Uso is able to play, you know, just a little bit next week, uh, next Saturday, that's great. Um, trying to get him some game reps, get into game speed. Um, we also need to maintain the fact that, yeah, he might still be a little bit injured. So you don't want to throw him too much out there. But we really need to get those guys some time uh, so that they can be prepped for Big 12 play. Yeah, Damian, that would be the biggest – because really his one snap up that he can take claim to fame is in the Big 12 championship game. We need to get him more and more reps. And obviously, Jav- uh, Javon Banks, he his camp didn't seem, you know, too shrouded in, you know, quality. So that he was, he's kind of behind the, the eight ball. He needs to get game reps if he's the number two behind Damian as a starter. If Uso is not able to play, I think those would be huge, huge reps. Yeah, I agree. Um, It's going to be very interesting to see uh, where that goes. Now, the linebacking uh, position, of course, probably one of our strongest position cores. And Daniel Green um, is going to be a guy that um, if he isn't able to play, um, am I I'm not going to be super disappointed if we're trying to get him to 100 percent, because there are some guys that uh, maybe need um, some snaps, especially some of the transfers that we have. Terry Kirksey, um, some of the freshmen might get some play as well. Um, so Daniel Green, uh, you know, it, of course, we want to see him on the field because he's such an excellent football player and our quarterback, I would say, for the defense. Um, but if he's not able to get there, who knows? Um, Christian Duffy uh, is another guy um, that we have just such a strong offensive line um, and in that position group um, that we really want Christian Duffy to be at 100 percent. But we know that behind him, we have some of the depth that is going to um, really need to come to fruition, especially with any substitutions at play, getting guys um, who might have some additional energy out on the sideline. Um, But some of those younger talents as well on the offensive line, um, can they come in and replace him for the first couple games? I I think so. But um, Chef, I don't know if you have any thoughts on those two. Okay. (laughs) For linebacker, who would you want to see? Is it 
would you want to see Jake Clifton move into middle linebacker and, you know, limit the depth at at Sam, even though we would have like Toby Osinsami kind of being the backup at that position and getting more reps for him? Or how would you want to see it play? Do you want to see Terry Kersey thrown out there and getting his first career start at Kansas State? Yeah, I mean, I he he was a very heralded guy coming from uh, Iowa Western. And so I, I would love to see him potentially. If Daniel Green is not 100%, I think holding him out just a little bit for one game would be huge. Um, and getting Terry Kersey to start in, in, uh, in a middle linebacker position, you know, are they going to maybe roll some other people around? I right, maybe, maybe we'll see Austin Romaine, um, the freshman who has gotten a lot of, uh, name recognition here in the fall. Um, I know Bo Palmer is another guy in the middle linebacker, uh, position that, um, we've heard his name maybe once or twice, who knows, but, um, I, I'm I'm of the I'm a big proponent that if Daniel Green specifically if he's not at 100%, I don't know if this is a game where him out on the field is the risk there for the reward of of the first game. I I don't know. Um <laughs> and I don't know if you can hear me on this, but no, um I, okay. <laughs> I, I I agree. I think I think the risk because we have such depth behind, you know, at that linebacker position where we can go multiple different ways. I think keeping him out would be probably the best thing to do, but also, I mean, you, you just want to get reps for it. Daniel as well. He, I mean, he, he probably was so limited in fall camp that, I mean, game speed, you, you kind of have to keep up even though he's like a 12th year senior. But when you, when you touched on O-line just a second ago, I've been replaying this thought in my head of who was the best five offensive linemen? Are are we sacrificing keeping Cooper BB at left guard to have the best five offensive linemen? Or do we move him to right tackle and have Taylor Portier and Hadley KT at left at left tackle? What would be the best option? while Christian Duffy's out. Yeah, I I actually like that idea um, of potentially moving him over to right tackle um, and getting guys like Taylor Portier and um, and whatnot over there. I It is true. You want to try and get the five best guys out there. Um, and, I mean, Christian Duffy, no question, is I, I would say one of those. But in the interim here, um, you know, Taylor Portier was a guy last year that, I mean, getting injured in that first game was really kind of heartbreaking because he was just so excited for the season, uh, the 2022 season, but being able to come back and, um, we've heard, you know, some really good things from him and, and rehabbing back from that injury. Um, it, it may be the option. It may be the one thing that you kind of have to, to do is just maybe shuffle people around a little bit for the first game, knowing, you know, the position that you're in, um, you know, is to, I mean, just come out of the game unscathed with the ability to, um, you know, be one and oh and go, go into the Troy game. So I, it, it'll be very interesting to see come Saturday, that particular position group, who comes out on the field for the first play and how many players they shuffle in and out on the offensive line um, during that game to get them some game reps. I could, I could see honestly, Potentially ten guys, right? 
Yeah, Could you see, quite I mean, possibly. You could, I mean, if, if it is Carver Willis at right tackle, you have Joe Pistori behind him. You have Drake Beckwith that is, that's been uh, heralded tr- uh, redshirt freshman. You have, obviously, all the depth at the guard position with Taylor Portier, Hadley Panzer, with uh, Sam Hecht, uh, Sam Shields at the center position. I think it's just there's a ton of options. And no matter what combination we do for this SEMO game, I think – now, don't get me wrong. Simo is going to be a strong opponent, but I think for for this opponent, having them just rotate guys and see what the best is, I think that's the best option. Yeah. Hey, I agree with you. And again, be very interesting to see how uh, the offensive line not just looks, but what the strategy is um, come next Saturday. Um, another topic of discussion, just very quickly, um, we did see on Monday K-State football did announce uh, their captains for this upcoming season. We had seven names, um, seven guys that were selected to be captains, three on the offense, three on the defense, and one on special teams. Um, If you did not see the news, the offensive captains, Will Howard, Cooper Beebe, Hayden Gillum. On defense, Kobe Savage, Daniel Green, Austin Moore. And on special teams, Seth Porter. I would say no real surprise um, for any of the names you could maybe say for special teams, Rand Platner, but Seth Porter has been in the program for a while now. um, And so I'm not surprised by any of the seven names. Uh, Chef, I mean, were there any surprises on your end with any of these guys? Somebody you expected to get selected, somebody that, you know, you're surprised didn't? You're, you're, you actually just reminded me of uh platner i i wow how i'm a little shocked that he didn't make the special teams captain i thought now that i'm thinking about it that kind of would make sense and but you know seth porter deserves it just as much as anybody legacy player at k-state i mean he's sacrificed uh he's developed him and he's really bought into special teams i mean best as much as anybody so yeah i can i i i like that they I like that they did seven you know that 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 it's a player vote and that the players voted so highly of all these guys that they have to be named captains what surprised me is I I never really thought about it but you can only have so many captains so they're going to rotate so I'd like to see who's the first ones out there you know that's going to be a that's going to be a little nugget for us to see who the first ones are the first ones. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think it's it's pretty easy to say that the undisputed leader of this team is going to be Will Howard this season. Um, number one, because he's a quarterback and typically quarterbacks are the face of the team. But he has been one of the most vocal guys um, we've heard from him in many different situations. And um, obviously, I mean, he just speaks so well for himself, but he's really just taking this leadership of um, not just being the, the QB one, but being like, I want to be the face. I want to be the representative of this team as we move forward the season. Um, And so I expect Will Howard will be probably out there for the first game. Never know. But um, I, again, I didn't see necessarily any surprises from the captain's perspective, um, but they did. The players did a great job in their selections, no doubt. Absolutely. You know, the captains are really important, but the, the team is just full of leaders. So I don't, was there anybody left off? I mean, you could probably say somebody, but, you know, I think they nailed down exactly who, when you come to think of this team, who the leaders are. And I think it, the seven that were picked 
are, you know, stand-up guys, my guys. Our guys, our guys. <laughs> um, awesome. And then last thing we wanted to talk through has been some big updates in the realignment space the past 24 to 48 hours. Um, some big J journalists um, been reporting that the ACC is uh, potentially going to be accepting the University of California, Berkeley, Stanford, and SMU into the conference. Uh, ESPN's Pete Thamel has reported the three schools are pushing to join the league and they would take a reduced share or even no revenue payouts from the ACC in order to join the conference. Um, it sounds like Cal and Stanford would take a reduced share of an ACC media payout, which does make me wonder how Cal can even pay for that. All things considered, their athletic department has not been doing so hot um, from the record, as well as the fact that, I mean, just doesn't seem like they're putting a lot of effort into it. But then SMU uh, would potentially take no broadcast revenue from the league for the first seven years that they would be in the conference. And alumni would apparently help bridge the loss of revenue for that school. This whole realignment piece is just so frustrating because... I mean, I understand it from Cal and Sanford's perspective of not necessarily wanting to get left out and not wanting maybe to be independent, Um, but you're going to be sending your Olympic sports athletes across the country to participate baseball, volleyball, probably on commercial flights, et cetera. So for Cal and Stanford specifically, Chef, like, do you think this makes sense? I mean, it just doesn't like we can't put two and two together here. I don't make any sense of it. And, you know, you and Bob are really heavy into the the realignment stuff. This is all kind of news to me that it's, like, basically official. So, I mean, there's always been rumors. And, you know, there's Twitter Twitter people that claim to know everything. And they've been saying this for a long time. But, you know, it's just a wonky time in our sport. And I can get on my soapbox and, you know, start – screaming at the clouds saying, you know, this isn't, this isn't my collegiate sports from 2009, but it's, it's just silly to do that. It's just the times we're in. I think we're going to have to eventually separate football and basketball from the NCAA and, you know, have to be their own separate body and let these collegiate sports like become regional. I think that's the answer really, because it, it's just two different planets that we're living on. No offense to like women's softball and, and stuff like that, but, and women's volleyball, but it's just, it's just a different world. And I think it would be just better if that's how it was managed, but it's just a wonky time in SMU. (laughs) Desperate times call for desperate measures. I've never, I would never in my life think that this would seven years without any, you know, that's just crazy. So if if you want to go down with the sinking ship of the ACC, will this save the ACC? I don't think so. Once, you know, Florida State still holds all the chips that they can get out of that grant of rights. So I, I can't really speak on anything else, but, you know, it's just a weird time. And I, I'm be honest, I don't like it. No matter, even the Big 12 stuff, I don't like it. Hey! hey. <laughs> I've got like seven minutes. <laughs> We are, we're talking about the ACC realignment, uh, the news uh, that has come out. Uh, well, we're talking about SMU right now. So SMU uh, has been Uh-oh. reported that they would, for seven years, take 
no money uh, to join. Uh, they would take no media payouts um, to join the ACC, which for SMU, you're kind of swinging for the fences here. But I think I, this is a move that easily puts them in a different tier and the ACC of getting into Texas as well. Um, so it, it has been interesting. I mean, have you been keeping up with the ACC stuff? Oh, maybe not. Nobody no, is. not at all. I, I've <laughs> seen a couple of tweets from like MH, MH version three or whatever, but um, that's really all I've seen. I just think it's, <laughs> I just love that the ACC is going to be, they're going to be adding the great of, of the entire college football landscape to their conference. And if you know it, if you know what I'm talking about, it's the big bubble that appeared at Jerry uh, when the uh, when the stadium field flooded, but yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Going to be very interesting to see how that how that plays out. But it gets them into Texas, uh, the California part. If Cal and Stanford end up, I mean, that's more recruiting ground for the ACC too. But like, it's not the ACC anymore. It's not an Atlantic Coast Conference. I don't know what it what, what they're going to call it or how they're going to rebrand rebrand it. But yeah. The, the dual coast conference who the hell knows at this point, but um, well, we were about to just end the show, but you did just join. Did you have any fun thoughts before we wrap, wrap this thing up? Nothing. I'm just saying hi. <laughs> You're just saying hi. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, well, chef just went away. Bob Trollsby did join us, which is always great, but um, thanks everyone for listening to our first quick hit of cocaine Willie uh, today. If you haven't listened to our latest full episode, we did just release a really fun. What if K state scenario show this past Monday that you can find on our YouTube on Spotify, Apple, wherever the hell you listen to your podcasts. It's probably there. Please do follow us and subscribe on those platforms to get the latest full episodes and quick hits as football season starts uh, eight days from now. And if you're on Twitter, or Instagram, follow the show at cocaine Willie or follow us individually at Bob Trollsby at chef Andre Napier and at Matt Marchesini. And you will hear from us next week as we do a Southeast Missouri state football preview, which will be very exciting. So for all of us here at cocaine Willie, enjoy your Friday and chef isn't even here to do the thing. So we're probably just going to end it unless you want to go for it. Bob Trollsby. Let's ride. Let's ride.